Hello listeners, this is Donovan. Welcome back to the Weirdo Writer Hour. Today is Monday, August 22nd. It is going to be a hot day in the Pacific Northwest. Um, yeah, doing this podcast uh, in close proximity to the last one because I took off too much time. And I want to keep this up for uh, my listeners and for the algorithm. The big old Big Brother algorithm out there. Sending the sound waves out into space. I got a couple poems queued up here. Um, just briefly. Um, yeah, I went to the beach this weekend. It's my anniversary. 18th anniversary. It's a long time, man. It's a long time. It's almost two decades. But um, it's great. It's good stuff. And I am very happy. Very happy with my girl. With my wife. Holly Dolly. Um, so yeah, that was good. It was a good time. I like the beach. Um, let's see here. So I got three different poems. I'm trying to think of a book, a book or a comic to discuss. Maybe I'll discuss, briefly discuss Tank Girl. Um, not the movie. I haven't seen the movie. I, the movie has a reputation for being really bad though. Um, not very true to the comics so i guess i'll briefly mention tang girl i have the comic up up in front of me on my desk here um, but let's start with the poem so i have a fun poem or serious poem and then a fun um lyric kind of poem um most of the poems from my thesis are pretty dark because it was you know during the pandemic it was a really intense time we were in Canada, we were living in a dark basement apartment, and it was so expensive living up there. So it was just a really tumultuous kind of time, and that, I think that really shows in my writing. It makes really interesting writing um, and reading, but uh, it's a bit intense to do in one sitting. Um, and so I have purposefully stacked these poems to kind of go like light, heavy, light. So let's start with this one called, If I'm Being Honest. I peek at nine on a trampoline. Mid-jump, I am 30, a father sneaking drinks from the bottle. I am more my father than I want to admit. I drink to say what I mean and do what I shouldn't. I yell like my father, so I never yell. I am not a monster roaring in the tropical dark. I polish my flesh when it's ragged inside. A compromise is doing what one person wants and calling it agreement. That's how I saved my marriage. I'm mourning all the boys I'll never love. I'm mourning yesterday's trauma. My father read and throbbing a machete 15 years ago. My father arrested and restrained in a white satin bow. My father's cigarette burned in a trailer on the edge of Dayton, Oregon. I'm mourning three months of binging weed and light beer and stomping snow from snow boots, loving a girl who didn't love me back. Breaking my hand, the wall, and my daughter watched me. I am a good father. I am summer, meanwhile darkness, in a seashell at the back of my throat. I have few hands to hold, and maybe that's my problem. I don't know my people. Are they poets, queers, depressives, cave-dwelling sofa kings, who ooze self-loathing in the half-blue glow? I think the Buddhists are right. I remember being so happy as a kid. I peek at nine on a trampoline. 
Mid-jump, I am higher than God, and see further, too, over backyards and fences to the green ocean, dogs barking at dogs, the neighbor girl in a polka dot swimsuit, grapefruits, oranges, lemons, bombing from the watermelon sky. It's maybe not a totally happy poem, but it's, it's more balanced. Um, I feel like you can discuss trauma without being, like, super down and depressed about it. Like, um, I feel like that's something I've sort of realized about my writing is, and me as a person, and really, uh, I feel like most people should be kind of aware of this. You're not, like, one thing. You're not one noun. Uh, you know, no one is, uh, pigeonholed into one, one label. Like, I have mental health issues, you know, I deal with depression and anxiety, depression more so in the wintertime, um, but, you know, anxiety all the time. But, like, that's not me as a whole. Like, generally, I'm a fairly upbeat, uh, you know, goofy person, uh, a living cartoon. Um, and so I feel like that's what this poem tries to kind of do. Like, it looks at some of the darkness, but, like, also some of the, the light and the joy. Um, so, yeah some perspective um all right let's see let's do one more this is i guess this one's fairly balanced it has a little bit of intensity to it um all right this one's called dear readers weepers breathers I am washed to the edge of Lonely Park Bench Gray Wash Thursday. We are post-pandemic on the island. Land me somewhere sunny hay. Eternal rip-off spring rings migraines. I am sofa king again post-renovation. You know, wall dribble drips a black plague. So we six-week skip off. I land by sea, B&B suite, Southview Harmony. I forget my crumbling. Mom phones committed, you know, Cocoa Puffs. She wants a divorce 41 years late. My father's still dying. My wife is fired mid-pandemic. I call them cunts because they are. She's spyglassing 320 to the south, post-sea mountain river valley. Home mid-pandemic, executive order mask statewide, where we snake foothills and forest air to the farmhouse. I said, never again. She unemploys, I unemploy. The gardener fish and chips me. Is he gay, lonely? He says there's work, but I work one day, then ghost. The ghost I edit fades in texts that read like moans. I help a good friend as shadow buy new clothes to flesh herself. You know, become. Maybe I'll garden le jardin. Maybe I'll shop women's clothes, so tell your mother, auntie, cousins. For my 33rd birthday, I queer my little world, my mother. She tells me she loved another man and lost. Um, yeah, so... A lot of intensity in that one. Um, that was... Uh, I think I wrote this one, um, last year, late last year. Um like when vaccines were kind of coming out and I was starting to feel a little more optimistic, but it kind of jumps around in time where, um, some of it takes place on Vancouver Island. That's, that's the Island. Um, and, uh, Sofa King is like, 
um, a theme that is kind of present throughout my thesis um, because that was like one of my vibes during the pandemic. I was just like really depressed and just like could not get off the sofa. Uh, sofa King, I will also give credit to the um, the rapper MF Doom. Um, I borrowed that phrase uh, from him. Um, he has a song, I think he has a song called Sofa King, um, and it's uh, ki- kind of a similar vibe. It's, it's more upbeat and more goofy, but, um, but still. Um, yeah, and some mental health issues, like with my mom and oh, me and my parents. So that, that's, a whole, that's a whole thing. I don't know how much I want to divulge there. Um, I don't have a good relationship with them. Let's just leave it at that. And, um, yeah, relationships are hard. Sometimes you just got to burn bridges or walk away from bridges. Um, yeah, so that's, that's about it. I don't really want to go too into depth on that one. Um, let's see. And then I have one more poem, but I'm going to, I want to take a break. That way I don't burn y'all out on on intense poems um let's talk about tank girl for a second tank girl is an awesome comic um uh late 80s early 90s um i think 80 i could be wrong 88 i think it's the first first year of tank girl let's see i can i can google it real real quick google it bro just double check um i'm always open to admitting that i am wrong see tank girl i don't want the movie don't want that tank girl comics Ooh, look at that 88 i was right i also i don't mind being right either um (laughs) yeah so 1988 tank girl uh created by uh, let me see if i can remember their names jamie hewlett and alan martin um takes place in uh in the outback in australia uh it's just as like pure chaos kind of character um uh you know she loves guns and tanks and um alcohol and drugs just like this really like rock and roll kind of character her boyfriend is a kangaroo um and it's just like a very rock and roll um kind of character and kind of comic illustrations are super cool um it's very very funny um like it's very kind of dry but then most of the time it's just really over the top and like extreme hyperbole um and interestingly it's not like a shallow comic either it's actually very deeply um commentative you know like social commentary and really like jabs at society and um and like the british commonwealth especially um because the writers are i believe they're british i don't think they're australian um so they have that kind of you know brit brit perspective um and especially like in the 80s like really like rebelling from um you know like the um like when capitalism was like really the late stage capitalism was really starting to peak like in the like the reagan era um going off the gold standard and that kind of stuff so um yeah it's a great comic it's very very fun very funny cool illustrations um it's pretty like r-rated so it's not for kids at all um 
I probably wouldn't even let, you know, young teenagers read it. Um, kind of have to have like the wisdom and perspective to know, like, this is just a story. This is not like a way, uh, to live your daily life. Um, yeah, cause it's a cartoon, it's a cartoon and it's fiction, but, uh, super cool. I would highly recommend it. Um, unfortunately it's one of those things where it's published by, I think it's mostly by Titan comics, which I believe is a English publisher. So the books are not the easiest to find. Um, I prefer to get them in hardcover just cause they're more durable. Um, there's no like one book that collects all of it or even several. They are only available in small hardcovers. I think these are standard hardcovers too. I don't think they're even oversized. So, um, but the art is so small and it's, it's very like zany. Like it's very like kind of compact layouts. Um, so you don't really need an oversized format, but so if you're interested in reading Tank Girl, it's, it's pretty piecemeal. Um, most of it isn't like, there's not really a continuity. So it's kind of like all over the place. So you can kind of pick up wherever they're all like small self-contained kind of stories. So yeah. Um, probably ramble too much about tank girl but check it out check it out it's cool it's a good comic um yeah and let's see i don't i don't think i have a movie i can discuss i feel like i haven't seen a movie since predator so i'll have to skip that this time and pick a movie next time um let's see we're at 13 and a half minutes i don't want to drag on too long keep these nice and short so I got one more poem I can share. It is what's called a golden shovel, um, which is a type of poem invented by a poet who I'm going to give credit to because I like to give credit where credit is due. Um, yes, there we go. Terence Hayes, uh, um, type of poem invented by the poet Terence Hayes, great poet. Um, you know, a modern new school poet. Um, and the golden shovel, let me pop into my, my poem, his original format of the golden shovel takes a Gwendolyn Brooks poem and Gwendolyn Brooks is a, is a, uh, a poet, um, was a poet. I'm pretty sure she's, she passed away. Um, but it's like a mashup of, uh, I think it's w words. It's just words. Yeah. Um, so you take like the last, let's see, I'm, I'm going to botch this up if I don't actually look it up. Um, I'm going to look this up so I don't sound like an idiot. Um, okay, here we go. That way I'm, I'm giving clear instruction on this golden shovel poetic form. Learn how to write the golden shovel poetic form created by Terrence Hayes and inspired by Gwendolyn Brooks. So there you go. I'm competent. Okay, here are the rules for the golden shovel. Take a line from a poem you admire. Use a word in the line as an end word in your poem. Keep the end words in order. Give credit to the poet who originally wrote the line. The new poem does not have to be about the same subject. Um, take a line. Yeah. So you basically, you take a line from another poem. Each of those words goes at the end of your line. And then it ends up having this rhythm where like it's almost like subconsciously with the line at the end of the lines is like still in the poem so it it's kind of hard to explain but it gives it a really interesting kind of vibe where like that line from that other poem 
that vibe is in your poem now, but you have a new poem. It's pretty interesting. Um, so anyway, so I wrote, uh, I wrote a golden shovel. It was very challenging. Um, I, I got lucky where I sort of hit my head against the wall for several hours and then it just sort of like flowed out all at once. Um, I'm not usually that lucky. Uh, so I'm going to credit the muse, uh, and namely Gwendolyn Brooks. Cause I, I think it was mostly her who helped me write this. Um, so yeah, so, um, I took her line holler down the lions in this air really interesting line from her poem gay chaps at the bar um which uh gay in the 50s sense not homosexual um but when i read it i was like oh well they they could be gay like they almost read like they are gay and um and so that's like a like a, a subtext kind of vibe that i tried to write into this um, cause when I was writing this, I was still kind of like coming to terms like with my identity and, um, you know, I don't think I'd yet come out as queer when I wrote this. Um, so this is kind of that vibe. Uh, so that's kind of a larger explanation that I wanted to give, but, um, but being, being like a, um, like a format kind of poem, I wanted to give some, some, uh, context, so this one is called Friday Night Hockey, A Golden Shovel. We order beer and dash through a hollering mob, lick a quick taste down, beer foaming over our fingers, the cool blowing in the stands. What lush lions I am, and she asks if I want to fuck men or men fuck me in this two-second life, the love I want I should have, and this three-zip is an omen when the royals are winning, the air of midnight hollering the balmy apartment. I shout down from the balcony, sing to a dumpster, the palms catching drunken stars, me flexing lions and reading poems to the room in a sweat-stained denim shirt. This athletic language in the air, and we listen to records, holler, holler lips of the night. I confess feeling down and sick, and she tells me the good taste of me not being sick, always lions, me and her and him and him swimming for hours in the balmy apartment. At first my heart this stout stone, heart stone, I say, but eventually the air tropics the night, hollering poems, gay love and failure, down heaving elevator of the hyperthermic night, cabbing uptown for lions in the balmy apartment in the midnight hour, gutting myself like this till morning in the smoke and chill and crackling air. Yeah, I like that poem. It was very hard to write. Um, so for those of you who don't read a lot of poetry, this is definitely more of what's called a lyric. It's like it's mostly language and i think the thing that's important to remember with poetry especially for people who don't read a lot of poetry or aren't poets what you get out of it is kind of what you get out of it like that's what i had intended i don't think very many poets uh, poets especially writers are, are it's a little bit different i don't think most poets sit down and think this is what i want the reader to get from this poem it's it's usually not like that just so you know um, it ends up kind of just coming on the page the way that it is. And, um, like the poem sort of writes you, if that makes sense. Like I sit down with an idea and then the poem takes on a life of its own. 
And this is definitely um, a case of that where, you know, this poem, it's confessional. Um, and, and it's about a specific moment about, um, you know, me hanging out with friends and we're just having drinks and listening to records. Um, I mean, it's nothing, nothing as graphic as it maybe seems like, um, because I like to mix the idea of thoughts and reality. Um, so that's me giving an explanation. So like, if you're listening to the poem, you're like, oh, what are they doing? But, um, sometimes you have to let the poem just kind of become a life of its own and um and its own its own little reality like its own little like poemscape you know like dreamscape poemscape so like things can happen in the poem that don't necessarily happen in uh in life because it like it can you know it's like a short little place of um of fiction you know i feel like poems don't have to be like pure reality um completely non-fiction i really struggled with that in lit classes you know, it's like, oh, uh, did T.S. Eliot really do this? It's like, well, dude, it's like a piece of art. Um, like, no, not necessarily. It's just that's how, like, the poem turned out. That's how the piece of art turned out. doesn't mean that T.S. Eliot literally walked in a wasteland. Like, that's just, you know, the poem. Um, like, I'm not actually flexing lions. It's, you know what I mean? It's a metaphor. Um, so you just kind of have to, like, take it as it is whatever you get out of it great if you just enjoy the sound of it that's great too um so yeah so there you go so there's there's the golden shovel um all right we're at 21 minutes i'm gonna i'm gonna cut pretty pretty soon here because i don't want to lose lose my listeners um what else is going on not too much i feel pretty good my neck's not too bad today um, long weekend at the beach. Um, but I, I slept pretty well last night, so I'm feeling, feeling pretty good overall and sharing, sharing and discussing poetry, uh, definitely puts me in a good mood. So, um, yeah, that's about it. Um, thanks for tuning in to the weirdo writer hour and I will talk to you later.